Hello, and welcome to the Highly Spirited Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie McNew. I love all things boozy and boozy. So this is a show where I bring you some spirit or cocktail history and a ghost or folklore or something supernatural-esque story. So let's get ready to get lit and get scared. Welcome. Let's kick off your Christmas weekend with some Victorian Christmas ghosts and traditions. But first, we need a cocktail, and punch seemed to be the crowd pleaser back in the day. So here's a recipe for a Victorian Christmas punch created and enjoyed by none other than Charles Dickens himself. And this is one that I found in an article on punch.com. So you will need three-fourths cup of sugar, preferably Damara, three lemons, three cups of rum, They said preferably Smith & Cross, but I think there's like some better rums out there. So just pick a dark rum that you like. One and a fourth cups of cognac, five cups of black tea, heat proof bowl or enameled cast iron pot. And then for a garnish, you'll need a lemon and orange wheels, freshly grated nutmeg. And this isn't just a simple throw everything into a bowl and serve it punch. Like, no, it includes very detailed, semi-tedious instructions, which go as follows. The directions are, in the basin of an enameled cast iron pot or heat proof bowl, add sugar and the peels of three lemons. Rub lemons and sugar together to release citrus oils. Then add rum and cognac to the sugar sugar and citrus. Then light a match and using the heat proof spoon, stainless steel is best, pick up a spoonful of the spirit mix. Carefully bring the match to the spoon and light. Like, guys, this sounds like you're, like, doing some black tar heroin. Like, I don't know. (laughs) This is a fucking fucked up recipe. But we're going to get through it because if I had to read it, you have to hear it. Step five, carefully bring the match to the spoon and light. Carefully bring the lit spoon to the spirits in the bowl. Let the spirits burn for about three minutes. The fire will melt and the sugar and and extract from the oil from the lemon peels. So literally, you just want to catch it on fire. I don't think you have to do the whole spoon thing. Like, just get like a flick on lighter. This is old timey, though. They didn't have a better way. Just get one of those long handle lighters. Light your shit on fire. Don't do the whole spoon thing. It sounds so fucking weird to me. Anyways, you're catching your spirits on fire. Do that however you see fit. Then you're going to put them out, extinguish the bowl by covering it with a heat-proof pan or tray. Then skim off the lemon peels, leaving them in too long may impart like a bitter flavor, so you just want the right amount of citrus, you don't want it over citrusy. Then squeeze in the juice from three peeled lemons and add hot tea or hot water. I would do the tea for this. And then if serving punch hot, skip to the next step. If serving cold, cool punch in the refrigerator and then when cooled, add ice. So if you're just going to serve it hot, which I think most people do, you like a hot punch for Christmas, garnish with the citrus wheels and grated nutmeg. Ladle into individual glasses. So if you're feeling like up to investing quite a bit of time, maybe burning yourself to create a Christmas punch, (laughs) there you go. I personally wouldn't do it this way. I like to just sew everything in like a simmer pot, like... You could do like cinnamon sticks and oranges and lemons. I would do it as a simple syrup, like just water, sugar, and then pour your spirits in. Simmer it all out, then strain like the chunky parts out. That's how I would do it. But, you know, Dickens, this was a Dickens recipe. So (laughs) have at it if that's your jam. I'm going to take a quick break and we will be right back with some Victorian ghosts.
And we're back. So you guys, I really truly had grand plans for this episode. I wanted to deep dive into the Victorians and why the hell are they so obsessed with death and the occult and the memento mori, spiritualism and ghosts. But you know what? It's the week before Christmas and I just don't have time for all the history and research that would take because you know, your girl's been busy. We've been shopping, we've been making cookies, wrapping presents, all the Christmas things. So I'm sure you can relate. Oh, and I do have a real job. So I've been a little busy. I did not have time for the deep dive that I've wanted to do on this, but I will probably talk about the Victorians more in depth on a later episode next year because I'm really fascinated by their fascination with the occult. And I just want to jump into that. I didn't have time to do it the way I wanted to, but the, the question that originally brought me to the subject was why the hell did the Victorians tell ghost stories at Christmas? Like from Dickens' classic, A Christmas Carol with three ghosts that visited Scrooge. I mean, maybe there was four if you count Marley. To the line where they mention scary ghost stories in the song, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Ghost stories at Christmas time did seem to be quite popular in the past. In modern day America, we associate ghost stories with spooky season and fall, usually wrapping them up around Halloween. But honestly, the veil is thinnest between the worlds of the living and dead on Halloween, but it doesn't mean it just automatically closes back up November 1st. Halloween derived itself from Samhain, which was the final harvest of the year, a celebration of abundance and a hope to make it through the dark, cold winter months. And I personally believe that the veil stays pretty thin until winter solstice in late December. These dark, cold winter months are actually the perfect time to continue ghost stories if you think about it from the perspective of how people used to live before electricity and modern conveniences. They would need to burn candles for light and for reading, and usually would have a fire going for warmth, which the family would gather around in the evenings. We as human beings still tell ghost stories around campfires and bonfires, so this makes perfect sense to me. It's cold, it's dark, it's already pretty scary and bleak outside. So here we are around a warm fire. It's the perfect setting for scary stories. So this makes complete sense to me why, oh, it's Christmas, we're having people over. Of course we're telling ghost stories by the fire. This trend really took off when the printing press was invented and it was easy and affordable for even common people to get their hands on literature and monthly magazine articles called periodicals. Most ghost stories and other storytelling was an oral tradition before this time. But the printing press put the works of authors like Dickens into many hands and is most likely why A Christmas Carol became an everlasting holiday ghost story. And I honestly think this is a great ghost story. The opening paragraph even starts with Marley was dead to begin with and ends with dead as a doornail. Like that's that's like fucking great writing. It's so simple, but it drives the point home. Like, hey, we have a dead guy. So I've always loved those opening lines. If we're already starting with a death, we know somebody died and we can't beat that for a ghost story. It's a perfect opening. But then we get three more ghosts. And I know this is supposed to be a story of redemption and goodwill towards men, but I am here for the ghost. Ghosts of Christmas past, like what a tearjerker. Looking back on Christmases always makes me sentimental. Like love the ghost of Christmas past. The ghost of Christmas present. I truly believe this ghost showing up to Scrooge is the OG of fear of missing out. Like he's showing him like, hey, you wanted to be a dick. You're not invited to these parties. Look what you're missing out on. <laughs> I love that. And the ghost of Christmas future is just fucking bleak. Like they really get more frightening as they go on. And I love that in any ghost story. But Dickens wasn't the only author of a time to spend ghostly tales of Christmas. Some others that I'm less familiar with, but we'll be looking into further, I found on a list by the Carter Hall School, which dedicates itself to folklore in the past. And I think they're, I want to say Irish, they might be Scottish. Don't quote me on either of those. 
A Christmas Carol was, of course, at the top of their list of Christmas ghost stories, but let's highlight some of the others on the list as well. Coming in at number two is The Old Nurse's Story by Elizabeth Gaskell, written in 1852. This one includes a haunted mansion, and that's classic, like who doesn't love a haunted mansion story? It also includes dark family secrets and apparently organ music to set the tone. That one sounds good. That one sounds like a classic ghost story. Next on their list is Horror, A True Tale by John Berwick Harwood, 1861. This one I've tried to get through before, but the writing was very, very old-timey and confusing, and I thought it was hard to finish, so I didn't. And I mean, I get the old-timey writing, like that's how they wrote at that time, but I just, I couldn't get through that one. Not my jam. Next on the list is Bring Me a Light by Jane Margaret Hooper, written in 1861. This story showed up as a series in periodicals and played on the fact that even though Victorians very much needed to rely, very much needed to rely on fire during the winter months, they were somewhat afraid of it. The fire in the story might be real, or it might be an apparition or a figure of the narrator's imagination. The latter would be actually quite more terrifying. So this one's fun. This one's this one's got like twists and turns on it. Also on the list, The Ghost Summons by Ada Boysen, written in 1868. This one focuses around a doctor hired to watch over a man in his final hours, and propositions are made, and that's when it gets pretty creepy. I read like excerpts from this one. It is actually pretty creepy. I would recommend it. Between the Lights by E.F. Benson, written in 1912, is also on this list. This one features a game of Christmas croquet, which I actually thought was a summer sport. I've never known anybody to play that in the winter, but I'm American. Maybe they do in other countries. I don't know. But it also includes some hallucinations, and it's really quite a ride. These are all short stories of the spooky nature. If you can get yourself past the old-timey writing and verbiage, they are quite fascinating. But you don't have to rely on these. You could even read the modern stories, like scary story, like scary stories to read in the dark. And I love those books. Or you know, you could just be normal for modern times and not read ghost stories at Christmas. Maybe stick to Twas the Night Before Christmas instead. Anyways, I just wanted to give some suggestions. If you do want to bring back the tradition of ghost stories at Christmas time, those that was a good list. I like that list. So check it out if you want to. Either way, Merry Christmas. Have a great weekend. Hope you're celebrating with friends and family. Cheers, guys. We'll be back with a New Year's episode.